0: And I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 42 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside
1: Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you? I'm healthy and alive. Um feeling a little bit of the uh bidenomics, uh the, the bidenflation a little bit. It's uh oh, you mean the low price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the really low prices, you know, the seven dollars fifty cent yeah. You and mean, bread and, yes. Hmm. You mean the extra,
0: the extra $5,000 a month, uh, I think, a, or a year or whatever that you
1: have in your savings yeah. account. You, that's what you Yeah. Mean, that right? I don't have anymore. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been, you have to squeak a little bit more when you walk than you used to. Indeed. Before we get
0: started, I would like to let everyone know that we did take a big risk when we started all of this and we are not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you are interested in supporting the work that we do and we do appreciate all of you who have subscribed and have contributed to our work to keep us going, you have no idea how much that helps us out. That helps us in ways you couldn't possibly imagine. So if you are interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging platform for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product that you're hearing now, which is what Bruce and I just did. So if you want to take part in the fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media and a lot of the alt media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can click it and you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we are offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work, the research that goes along with that work, and together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage, like the World Economic Forum. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. So with all that being said, Kevin McCarthy is out and we have yet to see who is going to replace him. This was the removal yesterday. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. So he's out, he's gone. And he says that he will not seek a uh, uh, a return to that position. So who steps up? Jim Jordan. Congressman from my state has put in his bid this afternoon. So what do we think?
1: I think, um, so uh-huh. to get Republicans on board with a Jim Jordan, there has to be something else that they're going to stab you in the back with to get that man in, into that position. I I just don't see Republicans doing that good of a solid. There, there, there has to be something. I'm more inclined to believe they'll vote some another uh, McCarthy in before they'll, they'll vote a, a Jim Jordan in. We'll see. Time will Scalise. tell. Steve Scalise is the one you were thinking that's, of. That's the that's one that was is. injured
0: in that shooting at the uh, yep. uh, the congressional baseball game a few years back by he, Bernie Sanders. You
1: would, would have thought after that shooting, he would have doubled down and been more aggressive, and we would have been trying to rein him... Oh, let's put it this way. If I was one of the ones there that had gotten shot... Okay, I've been... I've seen, like, life flash before your eyes. You've been there. Now all hell breaks loose. And I'm even more of a pain in the ass. I mean, it, it, let's be honest. If I was if I was there in Congress right now, I would be another, like, Rand Paul, but probably on steroids. Yeah, or or Thomas Massey. You know, Thomas Massey seems yeah. to
0: stick to his guns pretty well. i have to give him that. Yeah. Um, Jim Jordan. Now, this guy... At one point in time, I was I was really for the guy. But the more I see this, how do I put it? He he goes on Fox News and rolls his sleeves up and he does the same thing when he's chairing the House Judiciary Committee, which he's the head of. And he gives these grandiose speeches and he points out all of the obvious things that the American people need to hear. He does this and he does this very well. But my problem is, is that there's never any follow through with him. It's always just rhetoric, rhetoric, backed up by more rhetoric and more rhetoric. And again, he's he's putting the obvious things together. He's laying out actual, like factual information in these hearings and in these interviews. He does all of that, but there's never any action behind the words ever. This is my my biggest gripe. Now, look, I I know he's only one guy and maybe there's constraints behind the scenes that we don't know about. I judge a person based on the actions that they do based on the words that they put forward. Okay, if you're a person in a a position of authority, such as the head of the House Judiciary Committee, I want to see people hauled in there and held to account. And if they're found to be lying under oath, I want the sergeant at arms to be called in to cuff them up and drag them out the side door. That's what I want. But yet I never see any of that. How many times has Fauci been caught out with his pants down in one of these hearings and that son of a bitch has never seen a pair of handcuffs? He's seen television cameras that he can't seem to get away from time after time, but he's never seen the inside of a jail cell. This is a problem.
1: This is a real problem. So, it, like you said, it, it could be just the the fact that he doesn't have enough support, you know, cuz it is Congress. So you you do need more than just one person. But all that to say, unless you're Matt um, Gates and Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> right. Right. That this is this is the thing that's frustrating. Um okay, great. You got rid of McCarthy. Who are you replacing him with? Who did you cuz Democrats if you look at what they do, They typically already have someone lined up to take to 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 fill the vacancy. They already have someone lined up to fill in and then they get everybody on board or a majority of their party on board to vote for this individual. In this case, uh, Republicans, it's more apt to say Republicans are going to stab you in the back than um, do anything beneficial for you. Uh, So I just I'm I have my doubts. Uh, We'll put it that way. I have my doubts.
0: As do I, my friend, as do I. Now, this was Gates prior to the removal. This is what he had to say. Again, I, I don't really care for this guy. This guy reminds me of a used car salesman. There's just something about him. I just It just does not sit right with me at all. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 of time. And you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. Well, he's not wrong in that sense. I'll, I'll have to give him that. I'll give him his just due because when he's right, he's right. He he is right. They have hollowed out that town and it is all about big donors. And that's what bankrolls their campaigns. This is why these these lumps, these these bumps on logs like Mitch McConnell sit up there for 50 years or more.
1: Well, the, in, well, and the inside of trading yeah. and yeah. the voter fraud and the uh, foreign aid that they get. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's not wrong. However, uh, I am when it comes to Republicans, I'm gun shy. You have a politician standing up there saying all the things you want to hear uh, that. That's my problem right there is, OK, you're, you're saying all the right things. Where is the action? And not only where's the action on your part, where's the action of the rest of the party backing you to actually get something moved? Uh, again, Obamacare, we'll, we'll repeal it once we get power. They had the entirety, they had everything they needed. And what did they do?
0: Can't get it done. We just cannot get it done. We we just, uh, well, what, we're, what we need to do is we need to replace Obamacare. That's what we need to
1: do. So uh, fast forward to the future, Matt Gates up there saying all those... Wonderful things that he's saying, um, but then when they get power or they get the opportunity, they bend you over. And that that's what I think is going to happen. Or Jim Jordan again saying all the right things. He he yep. says all the right things. He he
0: puts everything forward, connects all the dots that you need connected. Uh, I will give him his just due in pointing out all the things involving Hunter Biden and everything involving the laptop and, and everything else. Him taking Fauci to task, even from a a standpoint of just making him look bad, you know, and and exposing him for what he is.
1: But. Again, no action. There's never any action. You you could almost say it sounds like uh, any other Republican. Um, where they say, I use this as an example: um, vote for me and I'll fight against abortion. It's almost like he's saying, vote for me and I'll continue fighting against Fauci or or the you know pharmaceutical here's, industry. Here's my donate button, and here's my donate button. Exactly, and that's what I'm afraid is going on. In fact, I actually heard a pretty rousing speech uh, from Chip Roy. Yesterday. That'd be, a basically, good That'd be a good speaker. He, yeah, Chip Roy. He he's yeah, uh good politician. Um one of the good guys. He actually said he was going to vote against when well, I think he actually posted this on Twitter or X or whatever. Uh he's voting against having McCarthy removed. And basically his argument was we're we're going into the uh fourth quarter and we're removing the coach in the middle of it. Yeah, McCarthy is not great, but he's done some things that have benefited them. Uh, He has uh, brought some bills forward that they were able to pass for like border security and those kind of things. So I'm this is the problem. I understand both sides of the argument. I understand that uh, coming from Chip Roy's perspective, if we have him removed and he's somebody that uh, he's a little squishy McCarthy. Well, like he can he folds under pressure, but then they vote someone else in. They vote somebody new in that may be saying all the right things. But then when he actually gets into office, he's just like Mitch McConnell or just like Lindsey Graham or any of these other politicians. They say all the right things to get themselves voted. And then once they're in office, they then stab you in the back repeatedly. That's kind of his argument. And then you, you have the um, Matt Gates type that are basically saying, which I, I don't disagree with, you've lied to us. You, you, you've not done all the things you said you were going to do and you, you should be, you know, the, the seats should be vacated. Uh, to be frank, I probably would have been voting to have him vacated like for the last 90 days, like every day. So uh, to be fair, but it's just, do you do you stick with the devil that you know that that's what it's boiling down to?
0: Speaking of uh, seats being vacated, Bruce, we lost her. We lost Senator, longstanding upright i mean when you think of honesty well, and integrity you think upright. of yeah well when that whenever they stood her up there um, yeah. yeah when you think of honesty and integrity you think of um, no one other than senator Diane Feinstein the late senator Diane mm-hmm. Feinstein you know the uh, the woman whose own private driver uh, was a chinese communist party operative of not just a, a couple of months i mean i'm i'm talking 20 years here and she was the head of the senate intelligence committee <laughs> that entire time uh but nothing was ever done about that it's strange how that just happens like that it's it's weird isn't it yeah yeah she's she's passed uh it's kind mm-hmm. of we didn't see that one coming did we I mean, yeah. she 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 looked pretty rough when they were wheeling her in there. Literally, wheeling her in there uh, after she uh, after she fell. Right. Yeah, fell. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm fell. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Ninety years old. She has. Uh, she's passed on. And um, it seems as though her seat has already been filled by Governor Gavin Newsom. Strange. Usually, I mean, when you fill someone's seats, right, that person will now fill out the rest of her term. But when you fill someone's seat, typically, you want that person to be from the area of where they're actually representing, which, by the way, Feinstein yeah. never lived there. Um, yeah. But in this case, they're not even from the state of California. They're from the other side of the country. How yeah. does this work? Yep.
1: She's from Maryland. I, I do not have her name on hand, but she is... I don't think it matters. She's from Maryland. No. She's from Maryland. That that That's the big thing. And she's also a... She was the president of some, uh, it was either an LGBT group, activist group, or it was a um, pro-child murder uh, activist group. One of the two. Um, If not, maybe both. Uh, Because they kind of go hand in hand nowadays. And she checks all the boxes, basically, uh, of what identity politics shouldn't matter, but she's a black woman. Gavin Newsom did say the next one would be a black woman. Uh, So... And that's that's least, fine, um, but I,
0: I have I have absolutely no issue
1: with that. But is that person well? Just the mere fact that she's not even from the state of California shows that she's not qualified. That that should be the case. They must not have the same kind of rules when it comes to filling a seat that's been vacated like that. I don't know. Well, California I, I, does change a lot of the rules whenever it doesn't yeah.
0: suit them. They just say, "Well, well
1: we're we're just going to change that because we don't yeah. like it." Yeah. So I'm I'm not as, I'm not exactly sure. Their rules on the, in that sense. But all that to say, the loss of. <laughs> we, we were. Uh, I was talking to a family member about this. Um, they had mentioned uh, she passed away. Um, and the, the whole reason they noticed was flags were supposed to be flown at half mass. And this individual is like, um, we would still raise, keep the flag at full uh, because um, that's actually a benefit to the United States having lost her. You know, I mean, Condolences to the family and everything. I, it, that is hard losing a family member. Um, I actually just lost a family member recently as well. Um, suspected COVID jab, But anyway, uh, they, they had a stroke and it would have left them unable to uh, basically Joe Biden. They, they probably would have or left Fetterman. him like that, but they ended up or Fetterman. But they, they ended up dying in the hospital. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in the in the long run, it, again, condolences, but if it, if I were in that position, I would much rather be dead than in a Fetterman position, personally. Yeah, but, yeah 100%. Um, so I, I, I think they're better off. But anyway, I, I think losing uh, Feinstein was a boon for the country. Uh, but at the same time, then you remember, oh, wait, it's California, and they're just going to put another puppet in that position. So nothing's changed. And as you mentioned merit means nothing. You know, the meritocracy.
0: Yes, you're right. It is a benefit for the country. This woman stomped all over the U.S. Constitution at every single opportunity that she could. The assault weapons ban that was put together, not just back in the 90s, but the most recent one that happened under Trump with the Las Vegas shooting, you know, the, the whole banning. It was Feinstein. Stocks and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was Feinstein that was picked to put that forward. And so Trump did the whole OK, let's um, yeah, because Feinstein and Pelosi and Schumer and everybody, they went to they went to the Oval Office that day and they met with him. And, you know, Schumer, he does his little spiel in front of the TV cameras, his little talk or whatever. And Trump says, OK, let's see what you got. All right. So I'm all for looking at any gun legislation you got. So let's see what you got. So Feinstein put it forward and it banned everything. It literally ba- I, I think it was down to a single shot flintlock is what it, it came down to. By the way, if you think that that will solve anything they'll take that too at the end of the day
1: you think that'll solve anything look at um washington dc what just happened to one of the congressmen there he had his car stolen at gunpoint oh yes I. you did also see had yeah. a democrat reporter. A Democrat congressman. Yeah. Uh, and then you had a reporter, which, by the way, to that, they were actually saying in one of the one of the congressional meetings. I don't know what which one it was. They were basically saying, oh, no, this isn't a sign that it's unsafe here in D.C. or in any Democrat city. It, th- this was just uh, like a one off kind of a thing. huh. Uh, ended in the same city. Over the weekend, you had a reporter shot dead or found dead in their apartment. Um, Oh, yes, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, it was like eight eight gunshots or something like that. Anyway. So, yeah, D.C. is really safe. And then you take a look at all the other Democrat-run cities that have some of the most aggressive and unconstitutional gun regulations, and they are the worst cities uh, for shootings. I mean... Chicago, do we need to look at what the uh, restrictions are there for guns? New York, New Orleans. I mean, these have some of the worst uh, when it comes to gun regulations, and yet they have the worst uh, deaths by gun. Well, that's your fault. That's why,
0: you know, they're getting these guns from those those out of control red states that refuse to regulate. Yeah, that's like saying the reason communism doesn't. Yeah, that's that's like saying the reason communism doesn't work is because capitalism still exists.
1: Yes, it's the same. lunacy.
0: It's as as ridiculous as that. Moving right along here, speaking to that point, I suppose we can go this way with it. Op-ed piece out of Newsweek. College kids are abandoning American values. Would you have thought that? Would you would you have thought that at all? That college kids were not embracing American values. When you see these lunatics that come out of these universities and these whacked out professors in these institutions, who would I thought have thought that's
1: something we were we were complaining about over the last like twenty plus years that I've been politically aware? That's been an, a, a complaint the entire time. So where? I don't know why they're just now noticing or or making mention. Is it just another one of those, hey, we're conservative, too, or what have you? Well, it is Newsweek, okay, And they have a a goodly percentage of their
0: ads taken out by guess who? Yeah, the Chinese. The Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, because in here they mention our democracy. And as Ah. any person with half of a brain cell knows, we are not a democracy in America. We are a constitutional republic for those that are still living in la-la land. A new poll from Buckley Institute surveyed students at four-year colleges, and the results apparently are deeply alarming, as if they never knew that this existed. They didn't know. They just didn't know that college students were not embracing American values, who would have thought? Young Americans are turning their backs on basic American principles of free speech, tolerance, and due process in a way that's so drastic, it genuinely endangers the future of our political order. (laughs) I I almost can't read this with a... In fact, I can't read this with a straight face.
1: Where have you people been for the last, would you say two decades? I would argue Mm. longer. It's been longer, but I've... I I mentioned that because... Um, That's the length of my political awareness. So I'm curious, are they, are they, is this self-preservation? They're, they're feeling concerned now. Maybe they're going to be in the crosshairs. They are Um, going to be in the crosshairs. Maybe that's what, yeah, but I mean, they're they're more left-leaning anyway already. Are they concerned that they're not left enough, so now they're going to be targeted Well, let's look at the Marxist-Leninist strategy when it comes to speech and
0: beliefs, Mm. shall we? Let's look at it like this, because they lay it out pretty clearly, right? Anybody that's read their literature, they lay it out pretty clear. Today, you're on the left. Tomorrow, you're in the middle. And the day after tomorrow, you're on the right.
1: So, yes, they should be concerned that um, they're next on the chopping block. Uh, But I kind of feel like that's not the case. I feel like this is more of like, propaganda more like uh they're they're trying to continue ginning up the left and right uh hysteria um that that's that's my gut reaction i i i can't i cannot fathom that this is legitimate that all of a sudden now um some any group that's been on the left is now all of a sudden just like oh yeah you guys are right yeah you that that, that's literally what that would be is they're saying yeah you're right that that we we, we've messed up and at the same time never apologize no i i have no i don't buy it
0: no i agree with you i I don't buy it today the united states government is testing their uh emergency alert system did everybody get theirs i mean i didn't obviously because i'm not in the
1: u.s but bruce you got yours when we were in i got mine yeah yeah i did and you know what they do not (laughs) should not have that kind of power, to send out a propaganda message anytime they want. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, a a warning message. Um,
0: Actually, I think it's beneficial. I I think it's beneficial. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and they asked me what my thoughts were on it. And I basically said, well, a couple of things. My first answer, or my first part of my answer was what you just said, is, first of all, they have absolutely no business being involved in that whatsoever. Okay, so that's my first thing. The second thing is... It's not bad in the sense, I actually think that it can be a good thing. And the reason I say that, where's the Bernie Sanders, that's a good thing. I need to get that, that you sent it over. (laughs) I actually think this can be a good thing. And the reason I say that is because it tells you what you should do, meaning whatever they say, do the opposite. That's a benefit, in my opinion. Now, if you look at it in the terms of like COVID, okay, what did we do during COVID? Those of us that were paying attention, we did the opposite of whatever they said everybody should do, Right. They were publicly telling you what you should do, what you were supposed to do, and that's a blueprint for me, the way my mind works, to say, drop dead, I'm not doing any of that because you're telling me to do it. How do you put it? The filthy American in me. That's what Mm -hmm. says, that's what tells me, get lost, go take a hike, go pound Mm -hmm. sand. You clowns don't know what you're talking about. So that's my thing on it. Now, to this point, do you remember we talked a while ago about U.S. senators having, uh, they were offered satellite phones? To be issued to them. okay. I fully believe that by them doing this, I agree with you. They're they're testing it out to see what they can actually get done, because you remember a couple of years ago they tested this and it didn't work. You know, they had had
1: horrible problems with it. So I think they've been trying to get the kinks out of it. They've got this real quick. Yeah, go on. That I believe those under Trump when they tried it the first time. And I think that's the entire reason it failed is it was under Trump and they were trying to make him look bad. Oh, Um, okay, All right. Well, that's so I I, I think the system has been in play. Uh, Let me let me give you an example. Every state that I've lived in has an Amber Alert system or has some kind of system for like tornado warnings and those kind of things. The technology has been there for a very long time. when I say very long time, it's like 10 years at least. So for them to uh, bungle it and say, oh, no, we can't do that. No, the the infrastructure has been there. Uh, so I, I don't believe the fact that they were failing under Trump, as an example.
0: Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, I I could see that. They're just trying to make him look bad. I mean, they did everything else to make the guy look bad. And quite frankly, I think he made himself look bad because of the COVID thing. But that's okay. That's a different topic for a different day. So anyway, back to what I was talking about with the, uh, the sat phones being issued or offered to the U.S. senators. And about half of them took them. We have 100 senators. About half of them took them. And it's my understanding that mostly the Republican senators took them. Uh, It wasn't the Democrat senators that took them. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but uh, that's just the way that it was. Now, that tells me a couple of things. One, they expect something to happen. There's going to be some kind of a disruption within our communication systems. I don't know what that is. I don't even want to begin to speculate on what that is, unless it is what we covered in PrEP. And we have been warning about that for quite some time. Enter the Chinese balloons. Does anybody remember the Chinese balloons? Let me remind you. A hundred-year-old concept came floating over the Pacific and was allowed to go all the way across the United States before it was brought down over the Atlantic. Now, we don't know what was attached to the bottom of that thing, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter at this point. What does matter is what we said at the time, and I believe that it could be a delivery system for an electromagnetic pulse on a limited scale, a very limited scale. Now, you couple that with what Bruce and I were talking about in prep.
1: We'll go over that in a second, but you look like you want to say something. Go ahead. I just wanted to point out that uh, the reason we don't know what's uh, what was under that balloon, uh, the hardware, is every time they shot the balloon down, that's what they aimed for. They didn't aim for the balloon, the part that was holding up the electronics, and have that Fall straight to the ground. No, they hit it with a two hundred plus thousand dollar missile that scattered it over miles of terrain.
0: Like I said, it doesn't matter at this point because we'll never know. So yeah, there is that. Anyhow, what we were going over in prep was uh, from Russian state media, and they've got this. And we actually we talk about this on the uh, the one coming up tomorrow with uh, uh, with Marty, but uh, they're talking very openly about setting off a, a nuclear detonation in the atmosphere. That will render all of your electronics
1: dead. Some of the things they were saying were widely and wildly inaccurate. Things like, uh, oh, yeah, nobody will die from, uh, you know, massive radiation poisoning. And no, if you are close to the epicenter when that goes off and for about two weeks afterward, you're going to have a lot of people get exposed to radiation that are going to die. Even if it is an EMP based, um, you're, you're still going to have uh, water vapor and those types of things that are whatever's in the atmosphere at the time when it goes off. That could very well be contaminated, but they were making other arguments that, oh, no, uh, telephone lines, they're going to be fine uh, and you'll still be able to communicate. It'd be it'd be like going back to 1993 as it was one of the things they said. And it was pretty it was pretty good back then. uh, Maybe in their
0: part of the world. But I think in 1993, it was a little bit more advanced in this part of the world.
1: Yeah, it would be that. That's the big difference is 1993 to them was like 1950 or 1940 for us. I mean, it's a big difference.
0: We had electricity in 1993. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that in a lot of these places where this young lady was talking about, they I'll weren't criticize. very far Yeah, I know you'll criticize. <laughs> they weren't very far advanced. They were about as advanced as um well, probably what North
1: Korea is today uh, or parts of Iran. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's pretty close to what they were back then. And honestly, um that would be hugely damaging. Uh, honestly, it would still it would still cripple them. Because they still rely on uh, diesel, pe- uh, pe- uh, petroleum products and whatnot. They, they not, would still be crippled, but not to the no. same level that we would be.
0: No, it, not if they set it off above Paris, about 40 miles up. That's a different story. If they do that, 500 yeah. million people are 200 years in the past.
1: Yeah, uh, and, uh, agreed. It, it, it is. Uh, my, my point is, is the way they were wording it is, oh, we'll be fine if they nuke us, uh, but it's going to be devastating to them. No, it's equally devastating. Everybody is reliant on technology now. Even the North Koreans, a, a, as low tech as they are in country, it still would be devastating to them because now you're out of any kind of transportation at all. Uh, so, it, n- no, it, 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 it's not going to be, you know, uh, just roses and there and, and, and Russia if they get hit. No, it, it's going to hurt just the same. It's just it's going to be to a lesser degree, maybe. I don't know. It's to a lesser degree because they just don't care about their populations. We care about our people in the, in the West. So we, well, at least in word, um, we care about people. Uh, but when it comes to COVID and abortion, at least here in the United States, we don't really give a damn. It's more about our political prowess or or who gives us the most money when it comes to those kind of things. But as politicians have shown and many voters, surprisingly, have also shown. So... Forty-eight percent of people will take a jab again. By the way, here in the United States, they said they would go and get a jab. Yeah,
0: I, I did, I did hear that, uh, and I also heard another political commentator talking on something to that effect uh, earlier this week. And he said that, uh, and, and this person said that um, uh, Biden is uh, the administration. They're they're readying this situation where people are going to be forced to take them. You know, they they tried to do this, if you recall, with the uh, <clears throat> mandates that were illegal. By the way. They tried to do this on businesses that had more than 100 employees, or have we forgotten that already? My guess is that they're going to do something else because you've got the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that place before, but they made a public statement last week. Ned and I covered it earlier this week saying that, you know what, you're going to get another pandemic.
1: And the other thing is, is they've already paid for, they being the government, has already paid for the next round of jabs. So they got to justify... Uh, those jabs being uh paid for by the taxpayer uh and you know force it on us again at least that's the benign reason yes I use that word yes um, that word. yeah that that that's the uh least egregious um the in reality uh I, I think it's to kill off uh the populace. But well, if you
0: have a look at that speech that I sent you, it says very clearly from 20 years ago that that's what their intention is. Now, if you go over the numbers of viruses and variants that are being held just at the P4 laboratory in Wuhan, China, they openly say that they have over 200 viruses and pathogens on site and different variants of COVID. How is this not a target rich environment? In my opinion, in my humble opinion. How is this legal? How is this not called out at the highest levels of international forums? How about you call out biological warfare? How about you call it out? How can you not see this? I I made this point earlier in the week. How can anybody not see this? It takes a little bit of common sense to see
1: this. That's the problem. You just said common sense, there's the problem. Well, there is that. Uh, Yeah. Now to the average person uh they they tend to still have some common sense but the politician when it comes down to them no it's not about it's not about uh common sense it's about who has the most money who's paying them the most who's paying them to speak who's in power to keep them in power is is more what it comes down to so no that that the entire reason that we still are pushing this and we haven't seen like a, a fauci hung um for the things that that he's done no. So that's the other thing to kind of go back what we were talking about with the, uh, the hot air balloons. That's also been something else that's of concern. They could use chemical or biological in those hot air balloons and you could uh, spread a- an aerosolized um, chemical or uh, pathogen. What, what is the U.S. going to do about it? Nothing, because yeah. they sit around like yeah. ostriches
0: with their heads in the sand. That's why. You yeah. know, it's interesting you bring that up. That's a valid point. And let me let me just call this out. I was reading a, uh, a a book called Through the Eyes of the Enemy by Stanislav Lunev. He was a colonel in the GRU. He defected to us in the early 90s. And he said in his book—it's a great book, by the way—if you are interested in reading it, you can go over to archive.org. They have a free download that's available. If not, you can pick it up on Amazon if you can find a copy for— I think I got mine, but I I bought a like new collectible copy. It was like 40 uh, 40 euros, $40 or whatever, but... Uh, you can get cheaper copies of it if you can find it uh, or eBay or something. But anyway, it's a great read. I read it in in about two and a half, almost three days because I just could not put it down. It was so good. If you think James Bond that you like this guy was a real James Bond. If you think James Bond from Hollywood is what a spy is, that is wholly inaccurate. You really need to read this guy's story. But one of the things that they trained for in the GRU was spending time in the state of South Carolina. Now, What could possibly be in the state of South Carolina that would be of any interest to the Russian GRU? Well, the answer is nothing. There's nothing there that interests them. However, if you look at our weather patterns, you have storm cells that form in South Carolina, in certain parts of South Carolina, and our winds carry them down into Florida. So across the state of Georgia, down into Florida. Well, what is significant about Florida? Well, that just so happens to be one of the states where we have our biggest arms and ammunition manufacturers. So what was their plan? Or I would argue probably still is. What is their plan for South Carolina to inject biological chemicals into the atmosphere to be carried by the winds down across the state of Georgia and into Florida to infect people? This is in the book. This is not my opinion.
1: Don't we have some of the the uh, laboratories there, like the 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 original original uh origins of COVID-19 came from one of our laboratories was it in Um, South Carolina or North Carolina that was North Carolina you're thinking Chapel Hill some of the samples Yeah. yeah Chapel yeah yeah
0: so, I mean, like I said, I, I think you're onto something there. I, I would not put it past them. Uh, and this is something that uh, I think both Russia and China have experimented with in the past. At least they've theorized and they've wargamed for uh, things like anthrax clouds and stuff. I mean, this is, this is horrifying stuff, but this is in books. All of these scenarios, these are in books. Uh, I believe there was another one called, uh, I want to say it was like Three Seconds to Midnight. Uh, that's another one. I've heard several people mention that one before. And again, I I would recommend to people to go and read uh, the Epic Times, put it out. I sent Bruce a copy of it. I sent Marty a copy of it. The speech of General Chiao Chen, where he talks about how they're going to do this exact thing. They're going to wage biological warfare on the United States of America because their plan is to eventually make it to the U.S. and to rid the lands of our native population and to occupy it for themselves. And if they can do that without waging nuclear war, without destructive conventional war, then they will do it. And I believe since that speech was given in 2003, again, just my opinion, we all have them. If you look at 2003 when the speech was given and it was verified, by the way, it, the uh, the speech was actually voice printed and it was him that gave it. But if you look at from 2003 to 2023, that gave them 20 years to get their people in position here in the West, in the health departments, in the bureaucracies, in political offices, in universities, and so on and so forth, in the media to carry the message and everything else. And it just so happens that you need people on this side to initiate the vaccine protocols, which we knew that the Pfizer vaccine was manufactured in China. Over 80 percent, and I believe this is in the book called China Rx, over 80 percent of the precursors for all of the pills that we ingest in the united states because we love our pills in america don't we good lord we love our pills we eat them like candy over 80 percent of all the pharmaceutical drugs in the united states have precursors that come from china let me ask you a common sense question to anyone that is listening if there is an assassin that you know is an assassin are you going to let them cook your food are you going to let them make your vitamins are you going to let them make your medications? I think not.
1: Yeah, exactly that. That's something we have been uh, raising the alarm about for a while, is that um, you, you can't have these countries like China or even Russia manufacturing things for you, not just uh, pharmaceuticals. But to that, I, I, I expect to see some kind of uh, attempt at least to be made uh, for some kind of uh, nuclear or, or biological chemical uh, release um, that—that's something I, I fully expect. Now that also said, there's also been rumor that our own government did some stuff. Uh, God, there's so many conspiracy theories out there right now. But in in things that happen like the fires in Maui, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories that have risen up there about um, you know the government did it. They used lasers or whatever. I wouldn't put it past our government to do something like that. To be fair, but they're also guilty of pushing in this case, COVID-19 or the vaccine, which is biological warfare, uh, both sides of it, the, the vaccine and the, 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 uh, virus, they were pushing it on their own people, um, in the case of the vaccine. Um, and in the case of the virus itself, uh, they helped manufacture it. So, um, and not only manufacture, but fund it. And the, the foyers have shown that, uh, Fauci was knowingly funding, uh, China. So, uh, no, I. i I think there's going to be another one but i just don't uh i don't think the next one is going to be another covid i think they're going to go they're going to try to go with something more uh either ebola or something more on the lines of nuclear um they've already shown that they can't really manufacture a virus that's self-replicating and self-modulating to uh kill people because it just naturally viruses become less less deadly over time, so uh, yeah, I yeah I I suspect they're going to push for something more dangerous. I fully expect
0: the same. Actually, I, I expect China to move now. Whatever's going on that has caused them to move, and we're we're still kind of speculating as to what that could be. I don't know if, if any of our. Uh, Assumptions are actually correct. I'm not sure if we ever will know, but we can only speculate. But nonetheless, that doesn't negate the fact that they are moving and they are going to move. I fully believe that the U.S. is going to be in a direct conflict with China uh, very soon. Very, very soon. I think Taiwan is a deception. Uh, And again, I reference General Chiao Chen's speech because they believe that if they take out the United States, then they don't need to take Taiwan. Taiwan will fall same thing with Australia, same thing with New Zealand. They believe if they take out the linchpin, they want to keep the Europeans out of it. So the Russians need to tie up the Europeans while the Chinese are busy with us. That's what their goal is here. Now, if China somehow or another decides not to do that and play the game Against Taiwan. If they decide that, then they're going to be looking at a blockade. And a lot of people that I've been listening to that are experts on communist China, they hesitate to, at least right now, they hesitate to even say for certain that China could even hold it, uh, the blockade. Now, that's not to say that they couldn't in the future, but right now, in the condition that they're in, they can't. The other problem that they're running into is China's economy is on the verge of collapse. It is hanging on by the tips of their nails. Same thing with Russia's economy. They have to move. They don't have any other choice. The World Bank has cut China's growth forecast because of the property issue, the ghost cities. There's something else here. And this is, uh, this is kind of the, um, uh, the 900-pound elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. So we'll talk about it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm happy to talk about it. Apple. Bruce, you know that company, Apple? Yeah, the, the company that manufactures all those overpriced pieces of junk. Yes, that's what they are. All those things that cost literally $50, $100 worth of guts in that thing, and they sell it to you for $1,400. That thing that they manufacture with slave labor in China. Guess what? If we become directly involved with China, if the United States is in a, a head-to-head battle, if we if we lock horns and we are going to go into war like a physical confrontation, what do you think China is going to do to all of the U.S. companies that have invested over there? They're going to seize them. That day, they are going to seize them. You can kiss your Apple products goodbye. They will not be coming back. Apple has over $1 trillion of assets invested in China. We have no manufacturing for Apple outside of China. It's all in China. All of their stores will shutter. Their stock price will plummet to nothing. Apple will go away and it will not come back. This is the consequence of doing business with people that do not share your values and your vision. This is the stupidity of our managerial class they have no concept of reality. They simply think, same thing with the financial people, they simply think, oh, I'm going to go into business with that person over there in China or that person over there in Russia, and I'm going to get them to be a hypocrite. Uh Uh-uh. Big mistake, Mr. Idiot Savant. Big mistake. You people are about to learn the lesson the hard way.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that, um, They haven't done something sooner, that being China, because they are hurting so bad uh, economically. I actually expected them to make a a move a little bit sooner. Uh, But I guess we did have Trump and there was enough hysteria going on here that maybe they thought they had time. The The D-listing of the
0: companies. Trump was, to his credit, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I, you know where I stand on him. To his credit, Trump was delisting. He started the process, and it was quiet. It was really quiet. We did cover it. We talked about it. We were saying Trump's delisting all these Chinese companies. Why is he doing that? And it was, it was quiet. China finally piped up and said, "What are you doing? You're going to crash our economy because China wouldn't play ball with the new trade deal." Right? We were a trillion. We had a trillion dollar a uh, lopsided deal with China. And Trump said, "No, we're going to go back to the negotiating table and we're going to get a better deal." Which quite frankly, the better deal is, sorry, we're not doing any business with you. That's the better deal right there. Now, that's going to sting, as I just said about Apple. That's just one company. Can you imagine all the mm. rest of it. Oh, by the way, that's your pensions by the way, all these companies—where do you think they have their holdings? Where do you think they have your 401ks invested? Oh, that's—that is not front page news. They can't be having that. No, no, the uh, the financial class—they can't be having that. No, that's where they've put your pensions. So when all of this goes south and your pension vanishes, they know that you're going to be smelling blood in the water, and you're going to want that back. They have really put people in a pickle here. Now. Marty and I talk tomorrow about the domino effect and all of the things and how they're, how they're positioning and, and playing the ideological game here in the West, one group off against each other, right? We talk a little bit about it. We we're going to talk next week about the scissor strategy. But in this context, we're being presented a vision of the Far East here in the West that's not reality. We're told all day about how great Russia and China are and how wonderful partners they are. Uh ha we expose what's actually going on behind the scenes that's being portrayed all throughout the East, but not here. This is a very dangerous game that's being played. It is a very dangerous game.
1: The the problem is to no longer play this game, it's going to take a decade of moving manufacturing and whatnot out of that country back home. Then you have to train all the people to run the the, the factories or for that matter, just, uh, you know, make the machinery for it. Um, what what have you? Uh, we'll have to make advancements because um, those uh, lithium, as an example, uh, we don't have enough lithium uh, to to power the uh, EV world that they're trying to enact. So th- they would definitely have to be some changes and some advancements and whatnot. But um I, I just I, I think the corporate world is so corrupted and so um, anti-American that that will never happen because it, it it'll benefit the American people, the West in general. So I don't see it happening when you look at when you look at who's the CEOs of these companies, a lot of them have gone through the apparatus to uh, indoctrinate them with communist ideals and and tarnish their view of America. and because of that, I just don't see i don't see these companies doing anything to really benefit America per se in the long run they're going to do i i expect them to do what's best for them uh the the bottom dollar but when you look at the long game and you look at this in the big picture um bringing things back to america and 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 working on that would be the long game play uh for them and their their company but again i i think they're they're corrupted. Indeed they are. We're blaming the
0: corporations. You know, we we like to blame the corporations all day long about this and that. Okay, yeah, there is a lot of blame to go there. I'm not going to argue with that. But we need to look at the driving force behind the pool that feeds the corporations. It's the institutions, isn't it? It's the universities. Well, if you're pooling your upper elites in these Fortune 500 companies, if you're pulling them from the universities, well, what are they being taught in the universities? They're being taught revolutionary Marxism in the universities. They're being taught that by these whacked out professors. That's what they're being taught. What do you think is going to carry over? They're learning about climate change and all these uh, feminist movements and LGBTQ5, whatever, whatever number you want to pick in whatever letter you want to pick this week. Right, because it changes every day. They're being taught all of this in the universities. They're not being taught practical skills in the universities. They're not being given an actual education. They're being given an indoctrination in the universities. And that's not going to change. Quite frankly, I was telling this to somebody last week. I said, you know what? I said, if I had a kid in any of these universities, I mean, I wouldn't send them there to begin with, And they endorsed any of this garbage that's being taught in these nonsensical institutions, which I believe we need to close. By the way, oh yes, I said that. Kick these professors out. Let them go find a real job, right? Send them out into the real world. They wouldn't make it. Quite frankly, we need to close the universities and turn them into public libraries. That's what needs to happen here. And let people who want to go in and actually learn and actually better the world, let them go in of their own accord. So, if we're pulling from these these indoctrination centers, if we're pulling from the Marxist school of thought called University Whatever or Community College This, if we're paying for this, back to my original point, if I had a kid who was in any of these schools and that's what they were being taught, do you know what I would say to them? Good luck, because I'm not paying for your tuition any longer. That college would not get another dime out of me. As a matter of fact, they probably wouldn't get a dime to begin with. But if you want to stay there, if you want to continue on with that nonsensical belief, then you go right ahead. I'm not paying for it.
1: There's only a couple reasons really to send your kid to a university in the first place. I think if you're going for a law degree, if you're going for a um, doctor, you know, something like that, that would be, I mean, medical doctor, not a doctorate. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Engineer, architect, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I I understand all of that. Mechanical engineer, mm -hmm. you know, electrical engineer, that that kind of stuff. You Uh, you do need advanced study in that, but I mean, you can probably do it without, but you know, or you could do a trade degree of some kind, you know, trade program of some kind, but nonetheless, if you're going to be building buildings where people are going to go into, you kind of need to have a little bit of a, of a background and an education in that.
1: Yeah. The, The thing is though, is I'm not learning those kind of fundamentals on architecture and those kind of things you only really need mathematics and um access to other information like you know tensile strengths of various materials and those kind of things and uh, so it it doesn't necessarily require an advanced degree it just requires you to have that education on and understand how to look for things or you know how to do things so you could probably get by with a, a trade degree in that one as well. You know, just going through the the initial training and everything, and then uh, maybe an apprenticeship or something like that. In that case, uh, to to have the the various trainings. Uh, but honestly, this the idea that we have to go to university for anything and everything, and how businesses were well for for the longest time only hiring people with a degree, which is still the case in many uh, vocations, but. Um, I, I think that's a detriment to society. Um, you should be looking for people that are willing to work, uh, that have the work ethic, whether or not they're trained in the field or not. A lot of jobs can be trained on the go, uh, or be, um, as an example, if you find an employee that has the worth work ethic that you want, send them off to the, the schooling that, um, um, they need. And then, You've got an employee for long term. I mean, if you provide an education for someone and you have a good work environment, they'll stick with you for a long time if you you do that for them, right? It's kind of like a, a loyalty kind of a thing, right? You bought them off in a sense. So uh, I just, I, I have no reason. There's two things I will not let my kids do. One, join the military and two, go to university for some BS degree. Uh, that That's what it boils down to. I won't, uh, I will not. I'm just not going to push my kids to go into military anymore. Like, not the. Not now. Uh, no, not, not now. Not with this. No, because not they're, that they're you shoving would push us them into it, but, you know.
0: Yeah, but they're shoving us onto a path of of world war where it's going to be just a meat grinder for their own political game. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, this could be, well, I mean, all of
1: this could be fixed without this problem. You, you, the argument could be made that um, that's been the case for the last, like, you know, 50 years or more, true. Uh, probably longer yeah, since true. Vietnam, really. It, it's just been a political meat grinder is all it is. And it, it's not changed. So, I mean, no. what what was the reason we were there at Desert Storm? To, to bring it a little closer to home for our age group. What, what was the reason we were actually there? Because, uh, you know, the, this whole uh, Iraqi freedom that we went in later to finish off what was not done um, during Desert Storm, What did we actually, did we, did we go in and conquer and take land and take resources like we did back in the day? No, 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 uh, that's not what we did. No. It was because, uh, there was some threats about oil or something with the Saudis and Iraq and, um, you know, the problem with this is you know we could we
0: could go on and on about this but we're, unfortunately we're out of time but the problem with this is is that we kind of as the United States we kind of ended up in a rather peculiar situation at the end of the war you see we were actually supposed to leave Europe but we didn't the soviets were planning on us leaving and then they were going to go all the way to lisbon like they're going to try and do now we were supposed to leave they were expecting us to clean up their mess that they created oh yes that's where a lot of that money came from but they were expecting us to clean up that mess. We'll get into that another time. Bruce and I are still doing research on that. And then they were going to take over everything in Europe and rule the Eurasian land mass. And then we were going to retreat to Fortress America. And then they were going to deal with us later. That was the plan. That never happened. And as a result, they were set back by almost a half a century in their revolution. They had to make some changes after the war, uh, which started around the mid to late 1950s, that we're dealing with the endgame consequences of now because of our own stupidity. Now, the problem that I'm speaking of, the main problem outside of that one, the main problem is, is that we were kind of unofficially put in a leadership position at the end of the Second World War. The United States... We don't have a history of being imperialistic conquerors like we're made out to be. That is not our history. We don't have that history like the Chinese or the Russians do that go back thousands of years. That's just not what we follow. We've never followed it. We were just kind of like, um, Bruce, you know what happens whenever like the, the wrong person gets flipped the football and yeah. they just kind of, they don't know what to do. They just kind of stand there and then all of a sudden they just run. Yeah. That's what we ended up with at the end of the Second World War was that we just kind of were standing there. We're like, oh, we've got the ball now. We should probably do something. Yep. We've just kind of been like the the klutz that's been going around trying to, to get somewhere when yep. we don't have a history of being uh, a world leader like that. We were just kind of in that position because... Everyone was defeated or so we thought and so we took over that project and of course we got reverse infiltrated as a result of that very easily I might add because we're not these types of people We don't play these kind of stupid silly games behind the scenes. We don't manipulate people or at least we don't have deceptive measures about ourselves that are inherent within our psyches. We just don't. Now we have no, certain you're a
1: people. Sociopath and a yes,
0: politician. Yes, we have certain people. Yes, we have certain people that tried to do this. Yes, but as a society, that's not the kind of people that Americans are. We just aren't. So again, you know, we're we're dealing with um, the end game of a product here that you know we weren't supposed to be in this position to begin with, but we just kind of ended up there. All right, we're going to go ahead and call this one done, Bruce. I will see you next week. So I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.